Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. The reason why I want those, you know, like the testimony about the healing uh, with Deanna and her appropriating it, and then the testimony about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Guys, you can act on God's word anywhere, anytime. God's word is anointed. And the the Lord is placing a demand. I'm going to uh I'm going to uh Luke chapter number somewhere in the Bible. <laughs> I'm going to go to Luke 24 if you want to start turning there. But what I want you to see is this is just going to become commonplace with us. Now I'm believing for other churches, but you understand I can't I can't control other churches. Right? Because I'm not the pastor there. Somebody else is. But I'm looking at people that act on the word. I'm looking at people that love God and want to serve him and want to do everything that, they, that God has for their life. Amen? You, you, you will find no greater joy than letting go of your personal desires and grabbing hold of God's desire for you. None. And we live in a culture in America that is in Canaan land. We're spoiled. Now, people don't like it when I say that because I can almost hear the people, well, God blessed us. That's right. But people take blessing and turn it into spoiled little brats. Now, I'm not calling you all spoiled little brats, okay? Especially the visitors. (laughs) Good pulpit etiquette, Sean. Way to go. All right. So what I am saying, though, is this, is that the world is filled with that antichrist spirit. And we have, we're called and anointed to live outside of that, actually to live above it and to dominate it, not allowing it to flow through us. Now, I can't control everybody else. I would never try to. That would be called communism. Amen or oh me, it's the truth nonetheless, all right? That would be called a dictatorship, and God doesn't run a dictatorship in that sense. He gives us free will so we can choose. We can choose. Now, for me and my house, I choose the Lord, amen? And so the word of God is powerful. It's quick. It's anointed, and he lives in you if you're born again. People say, well, then why, why am I not free in this area or that area? Or why, why have I read passages, passages of Scripture and I've looked into them and seen, okay, this is God's desire for me. Why hasn't it come to pass? Well, it could be many issues, but a lot of times the issue is a thinking issue. Okay? It's a thinking issue. And you say, what do you mean by that? Simply this, our thinking needs to get in line with God's thinking. When our thinking's in line with his thinking, then our speaking's in line with his thinking. When our speaking's in line with his thinking, our our action of believing in that case, our heart's already in the right place if we're born again. And when we line those areas up and enslave this natural human body, the members that we have, our flesh, when we enslave it to righteousness, manifestations of God's power comes. What is Deanna's healing? What does that mean? She is receiving from the word of God. She's allowing it to change the way she thinks. That gets in line with where her heart is already born again. It changes the way she speaks. And as she cooperates with that truth in faith, a manifestation of God's grace comes into this natural world. And people say, well, that sounds like hoodoo or witchcraft. No, no, no. Hoodoo and witchcraft stole from God on the principles of how things manifest. The devil is a counterfeiter. He takes the original and tries to make it look like something that it is not. But how did God create the planets? How did he create the earth? How did he create you and me? He spoke Now, the the wonderful thing about the Lord is this. How many know the Lord's not having to cast thoughts down? Right? So that's where our battle is. 
That's where our battle is. When that gentleman, Scott, heard Mike preach and heard the word of God, the Holy Spirit, the anointing, is going out and the Holy Spirit is reaching in this gentleman and going, remember this? And when he saw it, and then when he heard all of us guys, if you want to hear something cool, have a men's conference and Joy's leading worship, and all you hear is baritones singing. <laughs> and I mean, we're singing. We're not like, you know, you know we get into it because we're soldiers. We're warriors for kingdom. And then you want to hear something cool, have everybody, all the men pray in the spirit at once. It just rumbles. I know it makes the devil nervous. That's why he attacked you the week later, men. People say, oh, I did something wrong. No, you did something right. <laughs> well, I just want the devil to leave me alone. He won't. You can't make a deal with a liar. You might as well just hit him and hit him again and attack and fight and move forward and take your ground. Amen? In the spirit, you might as well do it. But the anointing is what we're talking about, and we're in that series. I know we've had other stuff going on. I know a couple of weeks ago, I just preached John 13, John chapter 3, John 3, yeah, John chapter 3, verse 14 through 16, and five people got saved that Sunday. And I just stayed on that verse and hammered that verse and hammered that verse, and that was the anointing saying, hey, there's people in the room I want to be born again. And we, ha we hammered that line, and man, five people got saved. I love that. Four of them I had never seen before. Now, that can be easier the bigger the church gets. Because <laughs> it's hard to see everybody, you know what I mean? But, but I'm telling you, the anointing is what destroys yokes and removes burdens. We know this from Isaiah chapter 10, right? We've been looking at that all along. You're in Luke chapter 24, at least I hope you are. But we had two main scriptures in this, and the anointing, the, the anointing, the power of God, which is the anointing, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, will work and operate while you're sitting in your chair. The longer I walk with the Lord, I can, if I go into a service, I can tell pretty quick, like if I'm someplace else, I can tell pretty quick if the preacher has an anointing or they're just standing up there talking. I can tell quick. I've just been at it long enough to know. I can tell when something is of God and when it isn't. It's just, it's coming from a place. It's not that it wouldn't even, they could even be quoting God's word and there's an anointing on God's word. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody who knows who they are in the spirit. I can tell the difference fast because when you know the Lord, you can recognize him in someone else. Now, I'm not going to get into the delineation of that right now because I don't want to go down that path because we just haven't laid enough foundation. But I want you to understand this, that you have an anointing. Now, you need to stop identifying yourself by all your natural stuff. I am Scottish. I mean, we'll do whole lineage searches to figure out what brand of mutt we are. <laughs> well, I got help for you. Every person, no matter what shade they are, came from one blood. We all came from the same source. <laughs> You say brand of mutt, what do you mean? Have you ever watched some of those uh, things where people will go back through their lineage? Have you ever seen this? The one that was most interesting to me was they did it with a group that, that hated other groups based on their skin color. That was the most interesting to me because they found out that they had that skin color in their lineage. Yeah. <laughs> 
So stop looking at the natural and fix your messed up hair in the mirror. Because this is who God says you are. And people say, well, I can't just positively confess myself out of all my problems. You can if you're going to positively confess what is attached to the resurrection. If you're going to confess, if you're going to declare, if you're going to feed on and speak from the resource of God, you can change your circumstances. You can change your situation. There is no greater cooperation that you could, no greater partnership that you could develop than the one that you currently have with the Lord. Not one. You know, people will make this, they'll make this statement about their spouse. They'll say, well, my wife and I together, we can get through anything until something comes up that needs supernatural power to get through. Now, I appreciate the love. My wife and I are in unity and working toward more and more unity all the time. But how many know this, that I am not God? Right? So if I put God demands on natural people, whose fault is that if I'm disappointed? Yeah, it's my fault. Because I put my trust somewhere where the Lord said, no, you have to trust me. You have to put your faith in me. There is an anointing to fix every problem. <laughs> Whew, we're going to have to work at this. Because, you know, you, you, you get filled with religious trash. You say, what do you mean by that? People will tell you, uh, churches will tell you, well, you know, God's just sovereign and you never know what he's going to do. I always ask them to produce a chapter and verse for that. They never can. Actually, we know exactly what he'll do. If you look at Jesus and wonder about God's character, you're missing it. You have to look at Jesus and go, that's God's character. See, he, re he released to us an anointing. So what we do is, what the enemy is very good at, I should say, and we cooperate with, is that the Lord will bring us a promise in his word, and the enemy will remind you of how it's not working in your life. And so what religiosity does, instead of embracing the fight and overcoming, what religion teaches, well, it must be God's will. You can't divine God's will by your circumstance. You can only define God's will by his word. Well, I don't know his word well enough. Well, don't pout about it. Get in. What if you had to go to war? You had no choice. Is it going to do you good in boot camp to go, well, I ain't training because I didn't want to go anyway? Here's your weapon. They're showing you how to load. I don't, I'm, don't show me how to load that. You're going to be cannon fodder for the enemy. I'm talking about you had to go to war. You had no choice. Are you going to go through the training before war with this haphazard, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter, I don't care attitude? No. If I had to go to war... I'm going to learn how to aim better than my enemy. I'm going to how to learn how to load faster than my enemy. I'm going to learn how to do everything better than my enemy. Why? Because I'm going to live for my country, and they're going to die for theirs. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? Now, apply that to the spiritual application of your life. How well should we know the weaponry? embrace the anointing of God. What is the anointing? The anointing is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. You should talk the anointing. You, how many have kids? You should teach your kids to talk the anointing. How many have a favorite sports team? 
How many that have kids with a favorite sports team, th- your kids, that's their sports team? I'm getting mixed results here. I have mostly in my family. <laughs> you know what's more important than teaching the kids to root for the Seahawks? Yeah, I knew that was coming. Just remember last week, Broncos fans, I said the Broncos are going to lose, and they did. (laughs) Be nice. I'll say it again. (laughs) Okay, we got to move on. (laughs) To be anointing fans. Fans of God. Teach them to speak the way God speaks. And you say, okay, yeah, I'm going to sit them down and make them do that. You can. The best way to do it, though, is to just do it. Just live it in front of them. Let them see demonstrations of God's ability working in your life. People say, but I want to say something so bad, especially the zealous people. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you're full of zeal. But, and you just, you know, you feel like you have to say something, but you haven't learned the temperance side of the spirit yet. Well, I'm going to go tell everybody what's happened to me and my family. And what I found when I tried to do that is my family just like, we know you, you ding dong. We ain't listening to you. So what happened? I had to backtrack and just go, okay, Lord, I'm going to let your life live through me. And now, guess who gets called for prayer? Yeah, and it's because you're so amazing, John. No, 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 you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. You're anointed to preach. That's a side thing. My family doesn't watch me preach. I mean, some of them do, but most of them don't. It's the word living in our day-to-day lives. It's the word living in our marriage. It's the word living and operating in our kids as they go down the line. It creates a testimony. And people go, wow, how did they, you know, I've had people tell me, uh, 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 I've had people ask me before, you know, if you, do you have a manual on how to raise kids? <laughs> this is it. Now, this is a bigger manual because it's, it's a parallel Bible, so it has two Bibles in one. But you can get a thinner version if you're intimidated by the size of this one. <laughs> Why? We cooperate with the anointing. Luke chapter number 24. Chapter 24, verse 36. Jesus said that we had an anointing when we were born again, and this morning you need to understand there's a second anointing. And Jesus talks about it right here. Verse number 36 says, Now as they, were, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be, be to you. Now, if you understand the context of this, you know why Jesus said, Peace be to them. But they were terrified and frightened. Why? Because they're standing in the midst, and all of a sudden, boom, Jesus appears. And this is after his death, burial, and resurrection. All right? So... He appears in the midst of them, and, but they were terrified and frightened. Now, this you're going to see some words in here that make it look like they didn't believe in Jesus. That's not what the implication is. What the implication is, is it was so shocking to see a glorified Jesus after everything they've gone through that they're just shook in their soul. Does that make sense? Kind of in their mind, will, and emotions. So I want you to understand that because it's important. They were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. Technically, that's true. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts or reasonings arise in your hearts? So in other words, can you imagine if you're standing here and we're all together and all of a sudden Jesus just appears, boom. You'd go, (laughs) you know what I mean? It would shock your natural person. And that's what happened to them. Jesus said this, behold my hands and my feet that it is I, I myself, handle me and see for a spirit does not have what? What is missing there? Blood. It's on the mercy seat, I told you. It's on the mercy seat, all right. 
A spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Verse 41. But while they still did not believe for joy. What does that mean? They're like, they're not focusing. That's what that means. He's saying, look, focus. They know Jesus is the son of God. They said it when he was alive. They all believed it. But what are they saying here? It's like this shock to their system. And so they're having trouble processing the believing process in their soul, their thinking. So he says this, but while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? Oh, this is such a good word. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. You know what that means? We get to eat after this is all said and done. <laughs> Glory to God. People are like, I don't want to go to heaven. There's no food. Oh, there's the best food. And you won't get fat. Glory to God. All right. Verse 42, so they gave him a piece of broiled fish and honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Verse 44, then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which that's what he did. He fulfilled the law and the prophets, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me, which I want you to notice there, and this is not my main point, but I want you to see this because of the, because of some of the weird stuff that's gone on with visions and dreams and different things like that. Notice that even in the midst of Jesus presenting himself in the spirit, he points the disciples back to the word. He doesn't go, well, I'm standing in front of you. Isn't that enough? And the answer is no, it is not enough. We need the word. Amen. All right. So that's my point there. All right, moving on. Verse 45, and he opened their understanding, see, he can teach anybody, that they might comprehend the scriptures. Verse 46, notice he opened their understanding to comprehend what? Ah, the scriptures. Amen? You see that? All right. So we're not against open visions. We're not against visions in the night, dreams. We're not against word of knowledge, any of those gifts of the spirit, but they better have some word on them. Ooh, Yeah. That's good preaching, Sean. Okay. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in, the, in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I what? Send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued from power with power from on high. So what do we see here? They already know Jesus is raised from the dead. They already know they're born again. They believe in Jesus. So what does he say next? He said, now, I want you to go preach, but before you do, I want you to wait and receive what? Power from on high. This is what? The second anointing that a believer receives. This anointing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it is, it, it is followed by the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Now watch, I'm going to prove it to you. Now, the word endued here in verse 49 means this. It means to sink into a garment or to be clothed or arrayed in clothing. So the Spirit, when you're born again, does a work within. When you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit comes. You're endued, you're clothed with something. You put on something, all right? So Jesus taught this, verse 50, and he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. All right, go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. We're going to see this again. This is the same author, different book. Same author, different book, okay? Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Jesus said this. 
In verse 7, I'm going to go back just one verse. He said, and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times and seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So what do we see here? The anointing, the second anointing, is a clothing with power, and it's designed to help us be witnesses. Now, now that could include going witnessing, but being a witness is the Lord and his things are so ingrained into everything that you are that they are governing everything we think, say, and do, and in that process, we are just going around being a witness. So when others are grumbling... We're rejoicing. When others are, when I, and I'm talking about even other believers, when other believers are saying, well, I guess America's just going under. I guess it's just all over. God knows what's going to happen. Well, he does. Don't say that. Cooperate with him and find out what's going to happen. You have an anointing to know. Listen to prophets. Listen to pastors. Listen to apostles. Listen to evangelists. Listen to teachers because they have an anointing and a mantle to teach, but you have an anointing on on you to understand. And you have an anointing then to relate or be a witness. You need this power to live this bold. All right, let's look at one last thing. Peter before the anointing and Peter after the anointing. Matthew chapter 26, verse 69. Here we have Peter falling before Christ, uh, before Christ went to the cross and was resurrected. So Matthew chapter 26, verse 69 says this. Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. This is, this is I will die with you, Peter. <laughs> Come on, what did Peter say? But Peter was so wild, he's cutting ears off of servants before Jesus is getting, and he probably was aiming for the head, but he was a fisherman. <laughs> right? Verse 71, and when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to him, those who were there, this fellow, and to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood, I love this story because it gives us all hope. Because somebody should just, you know, you, 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 when we get to heaven, we go, oh, thanks, Peter, for doing all the dumb stuff you did. My faith remained because of you, you know. Anyway, all right, so I won't be mean to Peter. Although John was, he wrote in his own epistle, or in his own gospel that he could outrun Peter. So, all right. <laughs> it's in there, go find it. All right. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word Jesus, uh, who, Jesus who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. So he felt bad, right? All right. So Jesus is crucified, he's buried, and he's resurrected. And now let's go to Acts chapter, uh, nope, let's go to, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip this because I don't have time. But write this down. John chapter 21, verse 15 through 22, is where Jesus restored Peter after he denied him. In the process of Peter and, and Jesus talking, Peter says three times, I love you and I will serve you. And then Peter, who was easily distracted, looked at John and said, what about him? And Jesus said, don't worry about John, just do what I told you to do. Have you ever met that person in church? Well, I think you should do this and I think you should do that. And, I ha- and they have an answer for everybody else, but their life is a mess. Just get after your own and don't worry about how I'm going to die. Amen. 
Oh, no, you could tell I like that. All right. So that's where G G uh, Peter was restored. You say, why do you have to point that out? Because I want to point out that this is a second anointing. So go to Acts chapter, nine, uh, chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 1 through 47. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, what better thing do you got to do today? Well, I, I'm gonna, I want to barbecue some ribs. You won't care about the ribs. You get full of the Holy Ghost enough. <laughs> you won't care about nothing. You won't have a care. Glory to God. I'd rather be anointed than eat steak. Any day of the week, feed me the word of God first. Whew. And I've eaten some good steak. The anointing came upon those in the book of Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were all sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all... They were all, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, you know how many people were in that upper room? 120. Not just 12. 120. You know who was in that upper room? Mary, the mother of Jesus was a wild, Pentecostal, tongue-talking lady. <laughs> and then, you know, because in denominations, you know, people say, well, we got to pray to Mary. If you, if you could hear Mary's response, she'd say, get filled with the Holy Ghost, sister. Pray in other tongues. Because she was there. Now, what did Peter turn into? He went from a little snot-nosed, wimpy, running away from servant girls preacher to preaching like a house of fire in front of, in boldness in front of the very people that had crucified his Lord. Now, what is that? What could make a man change like that? What could make a woman change like that? The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Everybody in the church, every denomination, don't care what it is, should be filled with the Holy Ghost and praying with other tongues. Everybody. It is God's desire, it's his design. Why? An anointing comes on you, and a boldness comes on you, and then you're able to go into all your world and preach the gospel. To be a witness for the Lord. You say, why is that important now? If we need it any time, we need it now more than ever. Now more than ever. You should be, your kid, you should get your kids filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't just leave it up to Pastor Herb. <laughs> I mean, we'll do it. We'll absolutely do it. But you can get your kids filled with the Holy Spirit. You read them, the, they're going to do it. They'll, they'll be quicker to believe than you are as a parent. You say, how? Because they trust you. They got kid faith. Kid faith, you take a kid and go, jump off that high thing, I'll catch you. You do that with an adult, they'll go, oh, no, 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 no. No, you, nope, nope. Show me all the safety mechanisms and, uh. but a kid will go, yeah, mom and dad said it, must be so. Mom and dad, say it. Why? 
When I was a kid, I remember hearing my mom praying in tongues while she was ironing. I didn't know what that had to do with ironing, but I heard it. And I asked her, what is that? And she told me what it was. Your, your clothing will come out better if you iron under the anointing. Come on, your grandbabies ought to hear you pray in the spirit. Well, that's just a little extreme. No, it's just normal. You've just lived in the wrong extremes. We're normally this full of God. <laughs> Come on. I'm, just, I'm looking at some people and I'm going, you believe this or not? I believe you're getting it. Some people just need a resurgence. We're an anointed church. I mean, we're just getting rolling good. We just barely got started. We're only nine years in. People talk about, well, it seems like, you know, this and that's going on, and, on, and they're going to do this and COVID and oh. Uh, last time I checked, Ephesians 2, 6 says, I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Far above. I don't care if I'm the pinky toe in the body of Christ. I'm still far above. And so are you. Come on, businessmen. You are anointed by the power of God to make money for the kingdom. Listen, people say, well... You know, what am I supposed to, well, figure out what God wants you to do. Pray in the Holy Ghost and figure it out. But I'm telling you, give me the money. I'll get people saved. I will do it. But you still have an anointing to do your job. You carry the Lord. I wish I could, uh, I know you, how many sense the room just shift just right now? You feel that? You know what that is? That's the Lord dealing with you and me for our individual places. What am I willing to let go of for his stuff, for his call? Did God anoint me so I can sit up and bless me and be uh, prosperous? Joy, why don't you come? And all of these things that God has blessed us with, be healed, be full of strength, all these things, so I can just run around and do whatever I want? Now, we know the right answer. We have this, there's this, uh, uh, statement in our men's book that uh, messed with me. There's a lot of them. I mean, if any guy was a gifted and anointed to write one-liners, Dr. Ed Cole was. <laughs> I mean, his books are so good. But one of the statements in it is, prayerlessness is often hiding. 
from God. Do you know why? I mean, I know you probably know why. But this is the, one of the reasons why we don't want to hear what he has to say. Now, thankfully, our salvation is not based on that. But I am looking at people. See, our church, I mean, we're the body of Christ. Yes, all of that. But God will put mandates on churches. And our church is on assignment. And how many know this, that the enemy wants to distract you from everything that is your assignment? And it's not because... It's not because, I mean, he does hate us. We realize that. He's our enemy. He doesn't want God to get what he wants. And God has tied himself through covenant to humanity. He's actually tied the Great Commission to the church. Which means... If the church rebels, angels aren't going to come and preach. The world will just grow darker. Now, when you hear preach, don't think, oh, I got to stand on the street corner. I mean, if you're called to do that, Godspeed, go do it. I've seen people born again on the street corner a lot. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, you are anointed to be a witness to live as a witness you have an why give you a ton of power so you can sit on your couch and eat potato chips (laughs) you know what many times believers do man there's somebody that's there's probably somebody's that you, this, is, this is messing with you. And it's not me, it's the Lord. I can feel it down in here. I feel it in my spirit. It's so challenging. I love it. Listen, the closer you get to the Lord, the more you realize James was right. This life is but a vapor. You're gone. I don't want to roll up into heaven and and the Lord look at me and say, say, well, I'd rather roll in and have him say, well done, thou good and come on right now, just close your eyes, release all the unforgiveness that's in you, please hurts let him go let the wounds go I know it was a bitter relationship and it ended in divorce but let it go let it go your life is not over you're drawing breath God still has a purpose for you yeah it it, it was wrong that you were abused it was wrong the things that people have done to you in business yes let it go Just say it out loud. Say it with me. Say, Father, I forgive him. I let it go. Say this. Say, Father, forgive me for hanging on to anything. Bitterness-wise, offense, hurt feelings. I, I let it go. Come on, no more. It's not fair. No more, they didn't treat me the way they should have. Come on, none of that. Let it go. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit minister to you right now. Don't be hard-hearted. Don't be hard-souled toward the Lord. Let Him minister life to you. What you don't realize is, is that the Lord is actually healing your insides. When you let it go. Come on, think about this. Think about this. Let go of the fact that as a child, your dad left and he never came back. Forgive him. And, let, and, and right now, just take God as your father. 
that your mom left, let it go. Let it go. That there was alcohol abuse and drug abuse, let it, let it go. Let it go. I commit, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I was talking to a friend of mine after the men's conference and he had shared with me. I asked him what had taken place and maybe we'll have him share sometime, but and he said, we'll have to talk about it. I said, that'll be great. I love God's stories. He said, but I'll just say this. He said, that was the most peaceful ride home I've ever had in my life in a long time. Listen, there is no hurt. There is no stealing, no killing, no destroying that the enemy has done in our lives that the Lord cannot and will not heal. Come on, he gave Jesus. There's nothing. He won't do for you. Nothing. His anointing removes the yokes and destroys the burdens. If we'll let him get down into our mess and just start power washing the enemy right out. I told you the presence of God will make you forget about food. Guys, this, what you sense right now is just a snippet of what heaven is gonna be like. 24 seven. I mean, there's no time, but we relate things to time here. We're just gonna be like this all the time. Can you imagine this now? Watch this, think about this. I'm gonna go see my dad. Right away. I mean, maybe Jesus first, probably, yeah. But I'm going to find him. We're going to meet at the throne room. My grandpas are up there. My grandmas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find him. Ooh, I can almost see it. I'm like, I better be careful how much I talk about this. I might go. <laughs> yeah, Heidi's like... <laughs> I have a older sister, is that right, mom? Older sister that's in heaven. I'm gonna go see her. We're gonna hang out. Oh, I feel the glory of God, man. This is the Lord. For all eternity, we're gonna rule and reign with him. We won't even need airplanes. Jesus just walked through doors. He just... I've said it before. I'm going to try to scare people. There's no fear in heaven, so it won't work. But I'm like, jump through something. Yeah! Yeah. People say, oh, yeah, that's crazy talk. Oh, stop it. You believe in aliens. <laughs> and they ain't real. Glory to God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Praise God. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. If you've, let me say this first. 
If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we have altar care workers that are up here. And uh, they will pray with you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Herb, can you slide that uh, yeah, communion table over for them? They'll pray with you to be filled with the Holy Spirit or anything else that you need prayer for. But you don't leave here if you're not praying in other tongues, if you're not speaking in other tongues. You need it. I could, give test, I could have people give testimonies about the necessity, but we don't have time. But you need that, you need that second anointing on you. You need it on you. But I want to do this first. If, if, if watching online or in the room, you've never received Jesus, we know that God loves us and does not want us to perish. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world or to just make us feel bad. But he sent him that the world through him might be saved. We know that all people have sinned and sin is what causes separation from God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short, fallen short of the glory of God. But God didn't look at our sin and decide our fate. He looked at it and paid a price because he wanted relationship with us so much. So he brought us back into relationship with him through uh, Christ's sacrifice. And we see this in Romans 5, 8, and 9. God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We know that how we receive from the word, we see that how we receive God's forgiveness is through faith or by simply trusting in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I wanna give anybody an opportunity to receive Jesus right now. You can place your faith in Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life right now. If you would like to receive Jesus, I'd ask you to just simply raise your hand where you're at and I'll pray with you. I wanna pray with you. I'll give it just a second here. If anybody online is wanting to receive Jesus right now, you're seeing this, just put a little hand emoji up and put yes in the comments. We have people watching there. But anybody in the room? I don't want to move too fast, but I think most everybody has. Well, praise God. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.